What up, though, y'all? It's your boy Herb, and it's your girl Mo, and welcome to our soon to be world now podcast. Young, black, and figuring it out. How you feeling? Wonderful. How are you? I'm absolutely amazing. I can't lie. You know, we actually winding down on our first full season of the Young Black Figuring Out podcast. We only got two more episodes left, including this one. What a journey. What a journey. Mm-hmm. Should I tell them exciting news about the last episode? Yes. All right, y'all. So listen. So in a couple of, <laughs> well, actually, in our next episode, a couple of weeks from now, after y'all hear this, um, we're going to do a live episode. And that episode is not just going to be any episode. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a special episode. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you all over the next couple of weeks to please send us your comments, questions, thoughts mm-hmm. about any and everything of the episodes you've heard, listened to, and liked or didn't like. Give us your thoughts, and we're going to respond to all of that so that way we can get engaged with you all. And not only that, mm-hmm. we're going to do it live, too, so you can time in as you're listening. You want to say, oh, I got a question about your question. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we can follow up and do that. So That'd be great. That's coming soon. Mm-hmm. May 27th is the live episode. Mm-hmm. In the last episode of the season, before we go on a little bit of a break, if we need that break. Yes, we do. And then we'll be back. But over the summer, we got some fun stuff happening, so please be on the lookout. We're going to be on a break, but we ain't taking a break from y'all, though. Exactly. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's going on today, though? So usually, you know, we start off with our, what did you figure out this week? However, we're going to dive in mm-hmm. to our topic of the day. Yes, we are. <laughs> Clearly, I'm excited. So as most people know, I am a school counselor at an elementary school. Sure are. As well as training to be a marriage and family therapist. You sure are. Right? So today's topic is near and dear to my heart. Okay. Ready for some stats? I need those. All right, then. Mental health concerns have been on the rise in recent years. Statistics show 10% of young people report having severe depression, as well as suicide ideation among adults has been increasing. Mm -hmm. So last year, 2020, between January through September, approximately 315,000 people took like the anxiety screening, and there's been a 93% increase from 2019 to 2020. Right. So then for the depression screening, it was about 535,000 people who took it, a 62% increase from 2019 into 2020. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so that would tell us that right now mental health is really an important topic right now mm-hmm. in our society. But on the flip side, though, when you look at these stats, because I did my own little research of course, uh, for our culture, the black people right now, um, the data was sparse. There was some data, but to be honest, it was nowhere near in depth as it was the rest of society, right? Mm-hmm. And so in totality, <laughs> that speaks to what's going on right now in our community. So with that being said, our episode today is going to be about breaking the stigma, yes. right? The status of mental health in the black community. And so uh, we're going to talk about the black community for sure, but we're also going to start wide, mm-hmm. talk about uh, mental health in general, and then funnel into uh, our community and how we can really break that stigma because that is exactly. very, very, very important wouldn't you say absolutely Mm -hmm. and to help us unpack it we have a very special guest today we do got a special guest let me go ahead and start off give a little warm little uh intro to the intro of our special guest you feel me uh so right now this guest right now is getting her master's in social work yes Yes, soon to be an amazing person already an amazing person but even more amazing (laughs) has a unique perspective based on her life experiences which we may or may not get into today up to her and then she's in a different age bracket than us which is a win we are young black and figuring it out, but she's younger, like, <laughs> and figuring it out, which is cool. And she is just an all-around 
dope human being. Let's go ahead and clap it up for Amanda yes. Anderson. Oh Amanda my gosh. Anderson. Y'all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you for coming. Yeah, we haven't had you. So go ahead. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So like Herb said, I'm Amanda Anderson. I'm 23 years old. Mm. I'm going to get married in a few months Ooh. here. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm definitely in the midst of figuring life out right now. Mm. There's so many changes coming up. And mm. honestly, the past month for me mentally has been really challenging Mm -hmm. and so I'm so excited we're talking about this because I fully believe it's so important and it's something that does need to be in more conversations it needs to be normalized and people need to be aware of how to identify different things so I'm pumped to get into it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we happy to have you here and not and and, and be honest so going way back to our first episode um actually the trailer we said what is this going to do for us we said this is going to be free therapy therapy not necessarily Mm. free but it is therapy and it has definitely been Mm -hmm. real therapy therapy. yeah Uh so hopefully you know you said You've been going through a lot over the last month, so I hope today is also that same thing for you, mm-hmm. you know? So we're going to do that. So, yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. And so I always like to do this because we throw around topics a lot mm-hmm. and have discussions around ideas and buzzwords a lot. And I feel like the idea of mental health over this last year, it's really been rising as far as awareness yes. and conversation. Yes. But I really want to say, like, what or unpack what is mental health to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Because we hear it as a buzzword right now. Mm-hmm. But what does it really mean? Or what do you think about when you hear that? Right. I think over the years, it's been like, especially back back in the day, it's been looked at as, oh, you're crazy or you have an illness or something's mm-hmm. wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think more now people are recognizing that mental health is really just your health overall. And it's like, what are you thinking? How are you thinking about yourself? How are you feeling? Because your thoughts lead into your feelings and your feelings into your actions. And it's like everything's all encompassing yeah. now more. Right. Yeah. And then you see it as like a daily practice or effort sometimes you have to tune back in with yourself or like stress and burnout get in the way and it's like oh no this can be normalized now more because we all need to think about our mental health yeah 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 i get that it was almost kind of like for a while it was seen as like taboo mm-hmm. right it's like oh um we heard mental health like, oh this person crazy right, right? <laughs> but in reality it's like nah it's almost crazy to not think about that right now you know yes. because it's, it's very I think it's a critical mm-hmm. uh, conversation, critical word, critical idea in our society. But I'd love to hear from you. Yes. What do you see that? You as in Amanda, yeah. Amanda, yes. yes. <laughs> Y'all can't see me. <laughs> yeah. So I have my bachelor's in psychology, actually. Mm-hmm. So I spent four years learning about the brain and how it impacts literally everything we do. And so mental health is really I feel like a major part of it is your soul almost like, Mm -hmm. how are you feeling? Cause your mind affects every part of you. It affects what you do, what you don't do, how you interact with people, your relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think people, when they think mental health, they think the typical diagnoses like depression, anxiety, but it can also be motivation, Mm -hmm. self-esteem, self-worth. And those are also important aspects of mental health that need to be taught and addressed and encouraged True, yeah. true. And you know what I like too? It's both of y'all said this is it affects everything mm-hmm. in reality. And that really is the case because uh, I actually just had a conversation with you the other day and I'm like, man. You was in Mo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, keep doing that though. I got we you. Need that. Yeah, let them hear that. Um, I'm working on it, y'all. <laughs> so, uh, but in our, we had a conversation and I was just saying, um, you know, I'm going through right now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, in a, I'm in a place where I'm working through my own mental health, but I, I'm realizing that. That's affecting my physical health because yeah. I'm not, like, if I don't go work out, mm-hmm. 
that affects how I feel about myself, mm-hmm. which is then that's the cycle. Yes. Now I don't feel like going to work out. Mm-hmm. Then I don't feel like going to do this or motivated to do this other thing, right? Mm-hmm. It really is all connected. And so uh, you said it's like a part of your soul, mm-hmm. right? Like your spirit, your being. Mm-hmm. And that really is the case. But I, I think that for me at least, the way I was taught, um, admitting that, man, I'm not feeling great or I might be feeling down, I might yeah. have anxiety, is almost like a weakness yes. mm-hmm. or a flaw. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've almost been taught not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And so I think we got to really work to change that. Right, because it's so common and no one really recognizes it. Like, people get anxious. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. But we don't know that that's what that is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're all of a sudden, your, your hands are sweaty, you're feeling, like, nervous about something, and it comes out for different reasons. But everyone usually goes through it. Mm-hmm. Just most people don't take the minute to, like, check in, why am I feeling this way and what's causing this, right? Yeah. That, but it happens to all of us all the time, and yeah. no one allows people to just like address it everyone's like mm. you know man up <laughs> get yeah. it together stop crying what's mm-hmm. your problem yeah yeah i think that we have put um mental health on such a high standard for mm-hmm. others like we are expected to constantly be good and mm-hmm. when we're not i think that's when the weakness piece comes in yes. but that's just not realistic like mm-hmm. we're humans mm-hmm. life is complex we're not always going to feel happy and excited and motivated for things yes yeah. and so i think that unrealistic expectation feeds into the unfortunate stigma that surrounds mm-hmm. mental health right now mm-hmm. yeah and you know what i think that's so good because it's almost like that would Pause some of the guilt around when you don't feel well or you don't yes. feel like doing it. Like, you know, like, man, what's wrong with me? I just don't feel motivated mm-hmm. or I don't feel energized to do this thing. And so if we almost normalize some of that, like, you know what? Like you said, you have ups and downs, mm-hmm. peaks and valleys and that. And that's just a part of it. That doesn't mean, like, something's wrong with you. Exactly. Right? Or something's wrong with the space that you're in. It's just sometimes you just don't have it. And you really got to start to normalize that. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, but we, if you can't have the conversation about mental health, then you won't even be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know? You ever it's, hear people talking about mental health days? Yeah. But people don't, like, normalize it or push it enough for people to feel comfortable to take it. Yeah. So, like, you say that, I'm like, exactly. We mm-hmm. all need to take them sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so question for y'all, that's kind of like a very, you know, I'm very tangent, but I love this, though, um, is both of you are, um, I would say, trained in this area, right? This is your specialty, and so how have the things you've learned almost helped you to be better at taking care of your own mental health? You know, I am, I would venture to say that I am great at giving other people advice mm-hmm. on how to manage their mental health and I don't take any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually just finished an internship at a, a school and that's something that I really worked with on my kids. You know, if you are feeling stressed, this is how you can de-stress and this is how you can take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think it's easier um, for social workers in general to give that, but it's harder for us to take on to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that I have found has really helped me is honestly therapy mm-hmm. and talking to somebody, even if it's not necessarily problem solving, it's just, you know what, this week was really hard for me. Here it is. And, you know, let's hope for the best. And just having yeah. that extra support person that's not, you know, pushing an agenda necessarily yeah, or yeah. bring, cause I also think too, um, to go along with it with mental health, there's also toxic positivity. 
Mm-hmm. So when you talk about, hey, I'm struggling, you know, the, well, it could be better or, you know what, you'll get through it. That's uh-huh. toxic positivity because it's invalidating in a sense. Right. It's not letting the person feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I think going to therapy, it kind of negates that almost implicitness that, uh-huh. you know, friends or family may unintentionally be giving you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. too. I well, <laughs> what about you, Monique? <laughs> 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 tell you, stop calling me that. <laughs> Um, I think I've recognized more often, like while I'm in internship now, working with clients, things they'll say or do. And I'm like, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, that is also my issue. And, you know, they train us on not having transference or counter transference. So you got to work through it. But yeah. I'm like, in order to work through it, I have to actually do the work. Right. And so I think it wasn't until maybe this last summer when I recognized I'm not OK. I'm mentally and emotionally not ready, right? I knew all the things I had to do coming up this year. And 2020 was just 2020. Yeah. And I wasn't okay. And I started to find ways to like reconnect with me. And I was like, like those mental health days. I'm like, oh, I need those. I actually need days away from necessarily doing anything that I have to do and just being able to like sit with myself and like start to learn grounding techniques and Mm -hmm. like you say all the time Herb you love to be by the water because it's so like purifying and clearing right and I sat in front of the beach and I just cried Mm. and it was so releasing and I'm like I try to push more people that I work with or talk to it's like don't hold that in this trauma this pain that you're dealing with like sometimes the only way it'll come out if you cry it's so <laughs> cathartic don't give me that look her because you know you know it's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'll be crying y'all that's why we laughing one of these days <laughs> hey, i'm not saying it ain't gonna happen i'm saying it ain't gonna happen I can't but, wait. <laughs> but no, no i hear that though and mm-hmm. um a part of that too though is that's another thing i gotta work on but i like what y'all both said mm-hmm. and basically what i heard is yeah we know people should do it but we ain't really doing it like that <laughs> That's what I heard. Is we ain't working on it that In much. In the helping profession, it's so easy to help and care about everybody mm-hmm. else and almost forget about you. It's like, oh, I'm a person too? Yeah. Since when? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, but honestly, I feel like people who, because a part of me believes that um, you are, are shaped by the work you're in, but because of who you are, it actually makes sense as to why you went into that work. So I think you probably would have been doing this anyway. And so um, with me, I can relate in that way to where I am definitely the person who is like a people talk to me about things or bring problems mm-hmm. and issues and challenges. And then I don't always feel comfortable um, doing that, like expressing that back out. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, last summer, right before COVID actually, so that was a little while ago. 2019. Um, yeah, I forgot how the COVID, <laughs> I don't know what year it is, yo. what is this? But um, no, I actually got a therapist first time. Mm-hmm. I was doing that, I was doing therapy. And uh, I mean, it, it was, it was just unique for me being in a space where I could be completely vulnerable and this person had no connection to me. Right. So I didn't need to put on uh, any type of armor for this person. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry about, okay, when I leave, like, what are they going to think about me? What does this mean for a relationship? Am I trying to advance my own personal, whatever? It's like, nah, it was just, I left it there and that was cool. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I don't think we give enough permission for people to do that. True. But I feel okay doing that. You know what I'm saying? That is so true. And you know what? Even being a woman, there's already this, um, how would you say it? This idea that women are already too emotional. Oh, the stigma, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Are we breaking the stigma today? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah there, there is a stigma that women are too emotional. And for me, when I am struggling mentally, kind of like how you were saying, Mo, like I cry mm-hmm. and I remember... Um, going through college 
and repressing that because yeah. mm. I didn't want to seem even more emotional than I'm already being. And I'm trying to be a strong woman. I'm trying to be an independent woman. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to break down, you know, the barriers ahead mm. of me. Mm. And I can say in, you know, this year, I've probably cried so much already, but you know what? I've learned that that is such a healing thing for yes. me because mm-hmm. I let it out. I don't hold it in. I don't repress it mm-hmm. and it's able to get out there. And that's something else I've learned. When you get it out there, it seems way more manageable. It seems way more um, realistic that I can attack it than letting it sit in my mm-hmm. mind right. because our mind is a very powerful thing, but it can also be manipulative and it can also mm-hmm. work against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. No, that's smart because you take it off of you and you can see it. It's almost mm-hmm. like, oh, I can fight you now. You're not as big as I thought you were. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, not like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about this conversation is I, I, I've almost been surprised in the recent months that it's becoming more and more um, prevalent. Like people yeah. are w- more willing um, than I think I've ever seen mm-hmm. to have this conversation or to talk about these things. Yeah. And I guess my question around this would be, um, are the struggles with mental health increasing and that's why it's more prevalent? Or are people just recognizing it more? Ooh. I think it's really a mix of the two, truth mm-hmm. be told. Like, 2020 isolated people so much, mm-hmm. right? Where, mm-hmm. like, people could not be with loved ones like they were or just friends or, like, socialize the same way, and those outlets were taken away from them. Mm-hmm. So, like, for anyone who, you know, because we do this as people <laughs> who doesn't take the time to, like, deal with yourself or sit in your own thoughts or sit in quiet that much and do the internal work or, like, mm-hmm. reflections – you were stuck doing it. And sometimes the things that come out are just not pretty. Mm. And then you don't necessarily feel equipped to deal with it. Mm. And you have to deal with it alone. Mm. Oh, nah, that jacks people up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. I think, I think it increased, but also like people now, cause so many people are feeling the same way. People felt like they could relate. So it's like Mm. me too. We all were able to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, I think, if you were to ask me this pre-COVID, I would say people are recognizing it more. But now in the midst of COVID and slowly coming out of post-COVID, mm-hmm. I think struggles with mental health are on the rise. You know, that's something that I've heard from professionals in the field, like buckle up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because when COVID's over, we're going, we're already seeing such high yeah. rates, increases of depression, mm-hmm. anxiety. Like I can't imagine what those are mm-hmm. those numbers are going to be at the end of 2021 mm-hmm. yeah. and i do think um a lot of that like what you were saying mo is due to the isolation you know we're not meant to be alone absolutely yeah. and you know a lot of people even isolating yourself with your family mm-hmm. not having your friends around or mm-hmm. getting to see other family members i think that took a lot out of people on top of all the uncertainty that covid has brought you know people were already insecure yeah. about yeah how they were going to survive. And then you add a pandemic on there mm-hmm. and possible ways of how you were using to survive are no longer there. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't even imagine what some people were feeling. Right. It's becoming more serious and more prevalent. So people are recognizing it more, but mm-hmm. then they also have a community of other people who are going through the same thing. So you kind of relate into that. And yeah, COVID has really, I think, uh, put a magnifying glass on this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's even with me, like in the, so I'm an introvert. People wouldn't believe that. Nobody would know. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So when it was like, oh, you got to go home and stay home. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Yo, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Bet. So I was chilling after that first month. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Month and a half. I'm like, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, two months in, I'm like, yo, nah, this ain't working. Mm-hmm. Because... I'm already, and this is just me giving my individual story. I don't know if everybody can relate, but I'm already a um, 
and I said this before, the people who are the most self-critical end up being the most self-reflective. Because yes. it's the same muscle. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like that same thing you're doing to criticize yourself. It's the same muscle you can use to be self-reflective. Uh-huh. It's just you have to change the lens. Uh-huh. So I'm already self-reflective. But then you add on an abundant amount of time of being solo. Yeah. Like that can almost become destructive in a way. Yeah. And so if you are isolated, you know, uh-huh. through a pandemic, that's going to happen. Yeah. Right? And it's like how many... It's only so many positive thoughts you can have <laughs> before, you know, it does get toxic with the toxic only positivity. only so many shows you can watch. It's like only so many shows. <laughs> Social media can only keep you entertained for so long. Yo, yeah. It's yeah. only so much. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, y'all really hit it on the head. It's like this is the perfect time uh-huh. in terms of both recognizing because of all the traumas people are going through. Right. You know? And so, not to mention, during all of this, uh-huh. we were in a racial reckoning. Yes. Right, we in a racial reckoning, mm-hmm. and so I think for and this leading to my next thought, it's like in our community, the black community, um, mental health really isn't looked at in a positive light. Right, it, and I don't want to generalize, but in most cases, uh-huh. right, and I think that is something that, on top of the pandemic, on top of how systematic poverty has worked, and that's in black mm-hmm. and brown areas, uh-huh. so mm-hmm. people are in poverty struggling. Then you got a pandemic. And so that affects your mental health. And you aren't really encouraged yeah. to get that checked on. Yeah. Man, I don't know how y'all feel about where we are right now. Son. <laughs> and where we should be going as a community, right? I don't even know anymore. I remember being younger, right? And, mm. like, the the word therapist was like, what is that? You know, and my Caribbean family was just like, what? Like, what? No. And so I don't think... Or I'm not aware if anyone in my family actually understands my job, right? Or gets, like, what I'm working right, for. Right, right. It was just like, you have Jesus. Mm. You don't, you know, you just talk to somebody about your feelings for it. Yeah. Like, some people be like, I talk to myself, and that's good enough, right? It just was right. always kind of looked down on, like, why would you do that? Yeah. But I feel like there's no sort of empathy for the black community in general of mm. all the, like, traumas you go through yeah. because they're not really recognized as traumas it's like that's just life yeah that's just how things are that's yeah. what that's what you go through and you know you put on a like a tough shell and you keep it pushing mm. like no nah, i'm strong and that it's it's annoying because you hear i'm a strong black woman or you're a strong black woman and like you said that toxic positivity like oh yeah you're fine you're straight no worries like yeah I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. This is painful. I feel like this is probably not normal, but I have to keep walking around and act like mm-hmm. everything's okay, right? right? And I feel like if you want to generalize our community in, like, in a whole, that's typically yeah. what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. How about you? Yeah. So um, for anyone listening, here's a little timbit about me. Go ahead. Give I, me the background, <laughs> man. <laughs> I am adopted. And so I went through my entire life, like literally up until I was... 20 um thinking I was white like 100% white even though I have like the curly hair you know the olive skin the olive skin like all the all the features of a mixed child um grew up thinking I was white took a ancestry DNA test and I am mixed like wow part of me is like Polish and Czech another part of me is like um, Senegal. Ooh, yeah. let's go. Yeah, the Bantu people. Yes. Hey, the <laughs> I'm with all of that. Okay. And so, um, and then my family is white. So I grew up where therapy and getting help was more normalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even just going through my education and learning more about the black community, more about like mental health. I think one thing that stuck out to me is the lack of resources mm-hmm. um, that they 
have access to, which is super unfortunate on top of, even if you have the resource there, mental health is very expensive, unfortunately. And I think that's something else that is going to have to be, you know, addressed when the time comes or Uh even now, like we can't push therapy on people and then Uh make it so unaffordable Mm. that people can't even go to it, even if it was right there. Uh Um, But I think that's something that has stuck out to me is just the resources or the lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. Like the access, like that's huge. Right. And so we know it's critical is the access. It's on top of the fact that, like a lot of, because everything is connected, right? Uh-huh. And so I use Daniel Prue case, for example. Mm-hmm. So let's say that, that he had, um, let's say for, I don't know this, but let's say he was or had the early signs of schizophrenia, uh-huh. right? And we could have diagnosed that five years ago. Mm-hmm. Now he has medication that helps him, uh-huh. right? Because he had access to that. He had the resources. Right. And so now we don't have what we saw last summer, uh-huh. right? And so it's those type of things to where a lot of the traumas and Maybe some of, like, the altercations or the violence that we see from people, it's like, they're not bad people. Yeah. Right? They have no access to mental health mm-hmm. and or mental health uh, services. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, we're seeing, like, the the outbursts or outlash or like from that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, if we can get into community, actually get help and get access to that mm-hmm. and then break the stigma that we have. And I'm talking to us now. We do have a stigma that we need to work on. And so, I'm calling us out in that space to where we need to change that. Yeah. Because I had a uh, an example. A family member who... Um, so one of my sisters was like, yo, I'm not feeling great, not feeling amazing, not feeling this. And so she had talked to a friend who was like, well, you might want to go get looked at because I suffer from depression. Uh-huh. Right. And so somebody in the family was like, man, I'm trying to tell her, you don't need to worry about that. You know, you just gotta, you got people who love you. You shouldn't be nothing wrong with that. You'll be all right. You just need to get out and do stuff. And it's like, nah, that's not how depression works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, that's not how it works. You just don't get out and do stuff mm-hmm. and then you get up and you get better. Uh-huh. It doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. Right. And so. But because we haven't, A, allowed ourselves to explore that avenue, we wouldn't know that. Yeah. So we can't even give good advice to people yeah. in the community because we don't allow ourselves to do that, you know? Or we haven't in the past. No, that's mm-hmm. a good point. Right? And so we almost got to break that stigma. And from the families either you have interacted with through the schools you work at or in your own personal family, have y'all seen some of those similar things? <laughs> you know, what, what, do, what do y'all see? Talk to me. Nah, I mean, so like to Amanda's point, right? I've seen depending on who I'm working with, the push toward, because I work with majority African-American families and like my staff is a little more Caucasian than not. So I've seen mm-hmm. the push from like staff to like, oh, mental health services or um, counseling or counseling or counseling for everything. Yeah. And it's not so much hesitation from the African-American families, but there are times where it's like, I don't, or they're skeptical. And like, it really takes a conversation mm-hmm. with me for them to see, oh, okay, all right, let, maybe that, that might help, but they've been hesitant for years or they don't want their child to be labeled or they don't want their child to be seen a certain way. And it's like, it's hard sometimes for them to even get to the point where they want to express what is occurring. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's not just the behaviors. That's really not the root issue. Right. It's like, is something else going on? Are we missing something? Who wants to talk about that? Mm -hmm. You know, keep family business, family business. It's like, it's the mindset. I'm like, I grew up in that mindset. I understand. I'm not going to (laughs) push or force, but if at any point you want to share, please, it's safe. You know what I mean? And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part. I think Mm -hmm. I go through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you? You see anything in the, uh, Amanda? (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen anything? 
uh, in the places you worked at, like what just happened, or stuff you researched. I know you like you're passionate about this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So uh, the school that I just finished my internship up at was predominantly Caucasian as well, mm-hmm. um, and so I haven't really seen anything yet working mm-hmm. in that field. But I just think the stigma around it is. I don't know if interesting is a good word, but for lack of a better word, interesting, because it's like if you're struggling in school, you know, we push you to get a tutor or we Uh push you to do this. Or, you know, if your arm is broken, we push you to go to a doctor. But it's like if you're struggling mentally, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, no, you deal with it and whatnot. But in almost every other aspect of life, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think going at mental health as if we have a broken arm or as if we're about to fail a class Mm -hmm. and pursuing those services. And I, I also like what you said about safety, like there has to be trust built. Mm, And I don't think right now from what I am hearing from you guys and from what I've even been um, hearing from other people is there's not a sense of trust between like therapists and the mental health realm Uh and people of color, the black community. And so I think that trust needs to be built. Yeah, for sure. And that goes to historical things. And even just how I think for our community, it makes sense. Like, this isn't just something that is because it is. It's like, no, that has historical implications once mm-hmm. again. Uh-huh. So, and, and I always say this. So, like, nothing happens in a vacuum. We always see time as, like, a moment, but it's it's a continual yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, we go all the way back. And not even all the way back. That's that two lifetimes. Ago. Yeah. All right. So, if you go to slavery, okay, so black men in this case, had to be strong uh-huh. because if you were weak, that meant death. Uh-huh. Literally. Uh-huh. Right? If I if I was weak or if I showed any sign of weakness, that would be death because you're no longer useful right. in that space. And that was because black men were property. Right. And women were property. You could kill somebody for not being uh-huh. able to um, utilize their potential services the way it was. So we uh-huh. couldn't be weak. Uh-huh. Right? And on top of that, um, the women in that space, same thing. Right? Yeah. So if you weren't able to ask you on what you were here to do, uh-huh. it was a wrap. Right. <laughs> right. Once they took away maybe the men from there, the women had to still raise the kids. They still had to work. You couldn't mm-hmm. break down. Mm-hmm. You you had to be the strong black woman. You had right. to. Right. You had to. Mm-hmm. And then you, so you press that forward. Uh-huh. What happens to the next generation and the generation after that? So this isn't like it just, just right. spawned out of nowhere. This is something that was taught in society you teach what you know you know mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. we knew at that time was that you had to be strong it was no time for weakness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was no time for weakness right. and then after that you think about the mistrust or the misuse or the underuse of services in the health system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we didn't have access literally legally yeah mm-hmm. didn't have access to health services mm-hmm. so of course we're not using no therapists mm-hmm. you know what i mean we weren't even really trying to go in there for a broken arm mm-hmm. yep so it, that is stuff that is really once again built over time of generations mm-hmm. and now because we are the first generation right. that really gets to heal yes because we're not going through all the struggles that the folks went through before us uh-huh. i think we got to really push to change that right and it might also be so easy to do because for the broken arm i can see that that's you true. know i can see your broken arm true. when it comes to mental health we can easily attribute that to other things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh he's just an angry kid or mm-hmm. oh, he's just bad or oh it's just that or you're just being emotional if you're a woman or you're being a manipulative or it's not real you're mm-hmm. faking it you just want attention that mm-hmm. happens all the that, time that does. Yeah. yeah yeah that's 100 percent true mm-hmm. so yeah I, I wonder like how can we well oh let me i skipped over this too let me go way back to this one too is it really way back <laughs> right you know, how, you know how we do the uh, yo the other day like that was this hour ago but hey so listen so we talked about like the black community but how has in general the racial trauma 
affect the yeah. other to help? Not just in terms of what's happening in the community, mm-hmm. but how has the racial trauma and things we go through because of our race affected our mental health, right? Man. And I know, I know you've been diving in. She did a whole little presentation. I did a whole oh, presentation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so racial trauma, um, when I was doing research for my presentation, it's not necessarily like a newer term, but to the research world, it's a newer term. So there's not a ton out there, mm-hmm. but it looks like the effects of racial trauma. It looks like depression, anxiety, low mm. self-esteem, low self-worth, um, even internalized racism, mm. which is devastating to a person. Like we want to talk about mental health, internalized racism crushes a mm-hmm. person. Mm. And so I think that's something that also needs to like be looked at. And I think people downplay racial trauma. You know, I think people downplay how being told just because of how I look or the color Mm. of my skin, I am this, this, and this I'm above Mm. or I'm below you. Mm -hmm. And that just, I can't even say it even more than it just like crushes a person's Mm. soul. It's almost like bullying. Like here we are trying to be confident in who we are as people. And no matter what we do, no matter how successful we are, no matter if we play by the rules in some way, shape or form, we're always going to be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I think that also kind of attributes to the mistrust between the black community and maybe the mental health realm because mm. there's so much there to unpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even with the and true, like, to go off of that, it's like the being implicitly told you're less than. Yes. Explicitly and implicitly, right, because of your skin color. Mm-hmm. That's something you can't take off. Mm-hmm. Right. That's something you can't hide. Mm-hmm. So you think about that as far as, like, the trauma. Like, what is that? And do to you and people have to then cope, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the right word, cope? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see me. Right, you got to cope with that though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, how have you seen that play out, Mo? I feel like you see a lot of paranoia, right? Mm. Like the fear of what could happen. Yeah. What could happen to you? What could happen to your family? To people you care about? And like it's in your daily actions. Yeah. So I can't think of a day I've gone by where I'm not thinking about I'm black and what could happen to me, mm-hmm. right? Or if me and you were hanging out, like I'll always think what could possibly happen to you, and then what do I do, and how do I keep you safe, and how do I keep mm-hmm. me? It's like yeah. continual, yeah. right? But like we were talking about earlier, the access, like mental health resources, is such a privilege. Mm. So like now recognizing all the impact of what just being black in America feels like and what mm. it does to you. It's like, Oh, maybe I can get help for it. Can I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there someone that I could talk to? And then mm. how many of us look like us? Like, let's be real. Yo, facts. We don't, we ain't too quick to just talk to anybody. We want to talk facts. to someone who can relate, what? who can mm-hmm. understand who yes. I don't have to like speak a certain way or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I can just go in there, talk straight and you get me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were about to say something. I saw you. you got no, I, I, Amanda I, was like, her hands was ready, moving. Right? Like, I yeah. was. Because, I mean, even if you look at the social work profession as a whole, it's predominantly women and mm. they are predominantly white, mm. which, I mean, I love supporting women on all ends, but that's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not enough representation in a field where we interact with all kinds of people, Absolutely. especially people of color. Yeah. And so I do think when and if that mental health crisis that everybody's anticipating comes, I think we're going to need people mm-hmm. that look like yeah. you and I because yeah. of, like, if we want to build trust, yeah. 
one way we can do it is by having people available that, you know, can service yeah. to others that may go yeah. through or have gone through similar experiences. Yeah, and, there, and the research even shows that, like, it, there's an affinity, like, and there's affinity bias in this, right, uh -huh. that says, when I see somebody who looks like me, I automatically feel more comfortable. Uh -huh. I automatically have, I uh, give more of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I automatically gravitate towards them. Uh -huh. Like, that is research-driven. Uh -huh. And so, you're right. If you say, yeah, like you said, um, I should get, ain't going to take my mental health serious. Like, should I? It's uh -huh. the first thing. Or could I? Uh -huh. It's the next thing, right? Could I do this? Uh -huh. Is there access for me? Uh -huh. Should I do this? Uh -huh. How will my community look at me? Uh -huh. Right? Like, that's huge uh -huh. when you think about that. And then when I go do that, man, I don't see anywhere where I feel comfortable being my full self. Right. Right. And so if that's the case, man, it's always going to be a barrier. Uh -huh. So we need people like y'all two in these spaces. Uh -huh. Because if not, how, like I said to you, when I was looking for my therapist, like, yes, I'm going to find a black woman. Yes. I said that out loud. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> and the reason why, that's my most safe, that's, that's my safest space. Mm -hmm. Right? My mom. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. Moms know everything. Moms know <laughs> up, down. Like, listen, when I was, I was chilling, like, that's my mom. So I need that. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel safe. And people who don't, if you're in a majority culture and race hasn't affected you in that way, you may not understand it, but you need that mm -hmm. because that's an affinity we have. Like, oh, we can relate in that yeah. way. I can disarm. What? Because all day, the paranoia, I am armed up, what? ready, worried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, you look like me. You understand me. I can, mm -hmm. I can relax in here. Mm -hmm. It's safe. Yeah. So safety is the most important thing out here. Yo, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. And I wonder too, like if, um, I guess my, my main thing, if I was trying to trying to give somebody some advice on that, this is how you should get started, or this is where you should get started. This is what you should do, is I think on a on some level, in terms of like that safety piece, uh -huh. like I think we found that in people around us, and we found that even if it's in small doses, uh -huh. we found that safety to where like, all right, I can be myself a little bit here, uh -huh. or I can come and say this is what I'm dealing with a little bit here, right? And if you just think about those moments and how great that feels to unpack that. That's times 20 with a therapist. Yeah. I I, I mean that. And yeah. I did not expect that. I was very hesitant, as you know, yes. to do that. And I got in there. I'm like, dang. I walked out. I'm like, oh, this felt good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that would be my thing. It's like that's if you got those spaces where if it's a um, significant other, if it's a parental figure and you feel that space for a little bit, uh -huh. that's times 20 with a therapist. Uh -huh. So yeah. I just want to encourage the folks to do that. You know? For sure. And do, do you all, can I ask this? Are you all um, planning to or have already? Uh, seeing a therapist I have in the past and mm. she was helpful to an extent mm. but I actually want to find one for this summer mm. to be told like yes. you, you know you especially because I've been doing internships I've been giving so much yeah. to other people yes. and I'm like now I'm recognizing things that are popping up with me and I'm like you know what I need to work through this I mm. want to be effective I want to be amazing I want to grow as a person I need therapy too mm. and I don't see nothing wrong with it you feel me hey, <laughs> hey, yeah so I um I do have a therapist and it's hard because I'm kind of my my own enemy in therapy because mm. I am so self-aware. And I think that yeah. just is from being a social worker and constantly uh -huh. practicing that. So my therapist doesn't have to do a whole lot because I'll say <laughs> it and then I'll fix it. And then uh -huh. she affirms it. Mm -hmm. But even just, again, having like that other person yeah. is super helpful. In that safe space. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'll tell you, those affirmations mean something. Mm -hmm. That means something oh, so yes. deep. It's like, I think this, I feel this way. And then someone to tell you, no, you're right. I see where you're going with that. Like, oh, for <laughs> true. And then you feel like, oh, I got this. I can do it. Mm -hmm. I'm capable. I tell you. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Love that. All right. So let's bring this to a head right here. I want to 
uh, give out like what are if you have resources, ideas, places to go, or just some type of advice you would give to the folks listening right now, mm-hmm. right? In terms of how we can break this stigma, what would it be? Um, so I think there might be two different parts. So on the more micro level, um, if you're just getting started or if, you know, if you realize, hey, you know what, I'm not feeling 100% and I'm kind of, I kind of want to talk to someone about it and therapy is something you're not comfortable with, even confiding in a close friend or a family member is one great way to get started because there does have that vulnerable, like addressing mental health, you have to have vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's fair to ask people to be completely vulnerable with a complete stranger right off the bat. So even practicing Mm -hmm. that with people that you can trust is a great first start. And then Mm -hmm. also just practicing that self-awareness and not suppressing. Like if you don't feel good, if you feel sad, if you feel anxious, Uh confront that, address Uh it. Don't feel like you have to press it down. Like Mm -hmm. that is normal. We are human. And then on a more like macro level, bigger scale i think you know there's tons of websites Uh if you have access to the internet and looking up you know the mental health organization of america or even on instagram like there's a few instagram Mm. accounts that have great information there's tons of hotline numbers out there Uh and um i think it's just important to look into those things it's not a crime or it shouldn't be looked down upon Uh for you to type in Google, you know, what does this mean or who can I talk to about this? Uh Yeah. Uh Yeah, good. Thank you. Oh yeah. Everything Amanda said. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Um, if I had to add anything, it's like your feelings are valid. Yes. You know, like whatever it is you're thinking and feeling, it is okay. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you. And doing that like internal work yourself first is also okay. Mm -hmm. Just not necessarily running from it or like hiding with music or TV shows or distractions or people. It's like listening to what you're thinking, what's coming up, like sitting in Mm -hmm. silence for a few minutes and just saying, this is what's bothering me Mm -hmm. and I need to talk about it or I need to get this out of me. And um, I think I saw somewhere one time when you go back to the things you loved as a child, it could be so healing, Mm -hmm. right? So if you loved painting or was that finger painting, if you, if you just loved like running on the sand, if you loved, I don't know, swimming, if you love doing like creative things or just something that got you thinking or out of your feelings, like Mm -hmm. if it's sports, whatever it might be, do that and see what, what comes up and what you can work through and like recognize in your own self, what is this that's bothering me and Mm -hmm. how do I start to rectify it? And that's like step one. Right. And then after that, everything Amanda said, like talk to someone that you Mm -hmm. trust, someone that you know is safe. And if I share this, it's not going anywhere. They're not going to throw it back on me or make me feel less than right. Mm -hmm. All those things. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health is, I think a process. It's not something where you go and you talk about it. And then the next day you're feeling back to a hundred percent. It's definitely a series. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn what works for you, what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And even if you find maybe therapy isn't the best thing, that's fine. What's most important is you're taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. and you're not letting outside opinions and the stigma of mental health Mm -hmm. affect you because you deserve Mm -hmm. to be healthy mentally. You deserve to prosper. You deserve to thrive. Right. And there's different types of therapy, right? So it's not just sitting there and talking. Sometimes there's art therapy, there's music therapy, Mm -hmm. there's different ways and different outlets. Right. And it, it all can work. Whatever works best for you. I'm right there with her. Yeah. yeah. No, and I even would say, too, if you're somebody right now who's um, even in a phase where you're not even necessarily looking to get help in that way, but you just want to have a conversation about, hey, how could I even, like, start to talk about should I get help? Like, if you're just in the initial stage, like, uh-huh. man, there's not even something I feel comfortable talking about. Like, I'm in the 
beginner, beginner stage, mm-hmm. if you can find that safe person to start to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to think about these things. Yeah. Right? Start to have these conversations because I avoid them for so long. Mm-hmm. Or I want to open this too. If you, because uh, a lot of people don't have that safe person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I think uh, for us that do, we take it for granted. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that. So if you want to reach out to us, mm-hmm. Instagram, Young Black FIO. Right, <laughs> yes. uh, reach out to us, and honestly, I would say if you if you really want to have this conversation or start to have a conversation, and there's no one safe to do that, um, we can help facilitate that. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, it might not be a, a year long thing, but, yes. <laughs> but we got you though. Right. Yeah, we can start to do connect, that. Connect, yes. Yeah, we can start to connect, and so, um, so yeah, I want to say first, thank you to our special guest. Yes. <laughs> Time it up again for Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing conversation, and so uh, also I want to remind the folks listening right now. That for next episode, send in your comments, questions, thoughts about anything, any episode, even this episode yes. right here, this amazing Every episode. Every and anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are going to answer those in our last episode for sure. And uh, I'm quite sure the people who listen today like, what in the <laughs> world was they talking about? <laughs> listen, we might be right. We might be wrong. But at the end of the day, we, we just, just young, young, black, and, and figuring, figuring it out. out.